Hello, all you headbangers. This episode of Dragging the Table is brought to you by Official Clothing. Official Clothing is a hip-hop streetwear brand out of Tucson, Arizona, brought to you by the Homie Casual. And if you would like the finest in hip-hop shirts, hats, jewelry, the Big O Pin, that's right, you can get the Big O Pin. You can get the limited edition hashtag no offense bracelet. If you go to OHFISHL.com right now and use promo code TABLEDRAGGER at checkout, you can get 25% off your first order. Official clothing. Live by your own rules. Thank you, Kaz. This episode is also brought to you by Sleep Terror Clothing. Sleep Terror Clothing is a dark lifestyle brand creating bold occult and tattoo-inspired clothing, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and art prints. And including now the newest line of beard oil, Leviathan Cross. If you want mercury, salt, sulfur, if those sound like interesting beard oil flavors to you, don't drink them. Just put them on your hair. Your head hair, your beard hair, your back hair. I don't know. I don't know your life. Go to sleepterrorclothing.com right now. Use promo code TABLEDRAGGER and get 15% off your first order of anything on the site, including the Leviathan Cross beard oil. Sleep Terror Clothing. Follow your own path. Thank you, John. If you like any of the music you heard on this episode, you can go to cullah.com, that is C-U-L-L-A-H.com, and you can find all the music that he has ever put out ever for free. Uh, it's a free download. You can't get it. Can't just get a free vinyl. Come on, son. You got to pay for that. But what you can do, if you want to throw some money that guy's way, uh, I'm sure you can find it easily at Cullah.com. But you can go Cullah.com/slash/2021, and you will have the opportunity there to donate to the newest album called Half out this April. Um, that's it. That's all you need to know. If you think you need to know anything else, go to Cullah.com. Why are you asking me? And if you'd like, you can check out the podcast I do with my wife, Bethany, called The Untrained Eye. It, there will be a link in the description for the for that show, and uh, it's a good show. I know the hosts personally. They're good people. Check out the show. It's very good. I approve this message, and I'm the host. Get it? Got it? Good. This was a really great episode I did with Patrick Gilchrist of Not My Weekend. I was lucky enough to get him on New Year's Day. Um, We had a little bit of YouTube audio trouble on my side that I didn't know until after the fact, but I'm going to sound crispy clean on this one. So if you heard it on YouTube and you're listening again, you're the best. Thank you for listening twice. I love those sweet downloads. Um, but if you're hearing it for the first time, you have no idea. Go check it out on YouTube. See how I sound like I'm talking through a tin can into the internet. It's amazing. Uh, but I really, I really had a fun time talking to Patrick and I hope you check out his new album. I'll have links to ways that you can get to it in the description. And here's the episode. How long have you been out in California? 
Um, since September, we've been trying to move since like June, though. It was it, it, it took us till September to find a place and get out here. But um, yeah, since like like two weeks into se- September, we've been here. Good Lord, September of this year? Yeah. <laughs> that's everyone says everyone says it like that <laughs> listen i know a handful of people that moved this year but it was in uh in city you know what i mean like oh wait it wasn't... uh september of last year happy new year ah uh, yes i was like <laughs> wait what <laughs> and when you said september for a minute i was like wait did i miss a september 11th reference oh no <laughs> no 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 just like that that was when it happened <laughs> did you happen to move on september 11th uh no i think oh i i don't know <laughs> i'm just I, kidding <laughs> i who, who knows I, I i really can't remember it could have been it could have been the end of august but listen if it's yeah, not the 11th you can't remember it's impossible <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny <laughs> uh i gotta know how old are you Patrick. I'm I'm 25. I'm 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 25 and I turned 26 in June. I asked that because I was listening to Yellow the album and you made I want to say at least one reference to your Facebook top 5 or whatever and I was like or not Facebook the MySpace top 8. How? Oh yeah. <laughs> the, no, this is this is hilarious. My friends and I have become like obsessed with this since we've moved here. So, um we've made lots of new friends recently because like like I don't know about my the rest of my roommates, but I'm actively like trying to establish new friend groups in California because I don't do well without a big group of friends. Uh, so like I'm like trying to meet as many people and hang out as often as possible safely and in small groups at a time, obviously. <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, but um, but and that's been successful. But for some reason, me and my roommate Sam specifically are becoming really obsessed with who has a mice, who had a MySpace and who didn't. And I think my grade, like the 2014 graduating class is literally the cutoff. Like we were the last ones to like naturally create a MySpace profile. And because I'm seriously like, like basically every 23 year old we've asked, like didn't make one. And, and every, every 24 and 25 year old, like all my roommates and I just had one barely. My girlfriend just turned 24 and she, she, she never had one. So I like, I mean, I was I was twelve and thirteen. Like we were still like too young to be on MySpace for sure. But but we had one and we're using it every day. And I think we are literally like the cutoff for for when it was still like a true social media. It must have been because I'm thirty seven and I had a MySpace. I, it seems like I had one possibly in high school, which seems impossible. That can't be uh, <laughs> because our disparity <laughs> is like twelve. 13 years of that. I I think I'm sure that's right. Yeah. That's it's, it's just so wild to know that. Like, because how long has Facebook been a thing? I feel like that came out when I was Facebook started to be a college thing when I was, I want to say 19 or 20. And that was like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. I would have, this is a weird thing. You've seen the social network, the movie. I actually have not seen it. One of my favorite movies of all time. I can't recommend it enough. But that movie made me really wish that I was around for Facebook when it was truly like a, a college unique experience. Like, 
when it was just you had to have a dot edu to get on i feel like it must have been awesome like to just i mean to you, only be around a circle of your peers on facebook have you seen what twitter was when it first became a thing like where you were just there were no at replies there were no nothing like it was just hey i'm just in my garage talking to the internet how's it going <laughs> yes yeah i i mean i was pretty young but i think my mom and i both made our twitters like the first week it went up because my mom was like obsessed with facebook at the time and she thought twitter was gonna be dope so she i remember she like woke me up one morning when i was like 13 or 14 or whatever she's like we're, we're both making twitter so i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> sounds cool <laughs> were you did you immediately just take to social media right away guys like you're you know uh, i've been led to believe that you're tiktok famous at least a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sweet of you to say thank you uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, um, I thought I was all TikTok famous and cool. And then I moved here and met like, like <laughs> first five people I met were like really TikTok famous. I was like, Oh, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> it's, it's, you have, um, a, you have a brain for it. I feel like, because I was listening. So to be uh full disclosure, like I probably listened to yellow, like that album probably five times yesterday just to get ready for today. And nice. you, the, the song that, did you okay? Before I say this, did you do any kind of marketing or anything like that? Like take any kind of marketing uh, in school or anything like that? Uh, no, not a, never. <laughs> so it just comes natural to you because the song that like one of the songs that immediately stuck out to me was "Crawl," and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I like how there is a unironic ukulele in this song. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great song." And when I looked, uh, when I was just looking through YouTube, I saw you doing the tutorial for that song on ukulele. And I was like, that is brilliant because that's exactly what, like that is a perfect coverable song. And you're like, well, I'll just give you the tutorial. Like it's, Oh, it's <laughs> that song's so easy to play. And I, and I love hearing people play it. And, and um, I think my, my guitar player, Nick Hudson, who's upstairs in our living room right now, I'm pretty sure he has tabs for that entire EP on ultimate guitar. So I, I really, really love, um, um, uh, like giving people all the necessary tools to cover our songs because, and this kind of circles back around to what you uh, asked originally. Uh, when I was younger, I was doing like YouTube covers like every week for a little bit. And I was always trying to cover bands that like, like quote unquote, no one knew about. Cause I was like too cool. Like I found all the <laughs> underground pop punk or whatever. And like, I was just playing the wrong chords in the wrong key, like to cover these songs. Cause these bands like didn't post tabs and there, and I couldn't play songs by ear yet or whatever. So I, I really like giving uh, the all the necessary tools for all those 14 year olds that like love my band and want to sing it on YouTube or whatever, but you know, don't uh, can't play songs by ear. Cause I totally couldn't specifically, I was trying to sing like every set it off song from like their first two EPs and just no one knew about them enough to tell me the tabs. So <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so was that your jam just like uh like you were only underground bands like did you have any like mainstream influences when you were a kid yeah well i mean i've always I, my big three like my biggest three influences in music and in life probably is uh uh the jonas brothers uh all-time low and bowling for soup so and i would consider all of those to be pretty three major major acts um um, but I had a in junior high, I had a crazy Green Day phase. And I mean, I still love Green Day, but like there were two years where it was all I listened to. Um, and then and I think it was like 
like freshman year of high school, freshman and sophomore year of high school, where I started getting that whole like, like I only listen to bands no one knows type thing. <laughs> and I and I think um and, and even then they were super successful in their own right. I just got really into like set it off and uh I remember We Are the In Crowd was a big one. Um and I just got really obsessed with like um with um hopeless records and and then and then towards the end of high school I got really into uh pure noise records and and real friends and uh um uh state champs and the story so far and that whole movement of like uh really like angry pop punk stuff uh and um and then college is when um uh i mean not my weekend has been a thing since my sophomore year of high school but college is when um we really like got our stuff together so to speak and um uh and then i kind of like just realized how uh um um important like that super poppy sugar coated thing is to me like the the Jonas Brothers thing basically um and and that was all throughout the writing process of yellow and i think uh my my musical identity has been uh uh mostly not cemented because i do something different every day but like there were years where i was like I'll write a modern baseball song and be really sad, even though I'm not sad and not good at writing modern <laughs> baseball songs. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I've got crazy ADHD. I don't even remember what you asked me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm like trying to follow along. Like I, cause here's the thing, like, uh, you know, we, I think our, one of our common connections is through the now defunct podcast, alternate sides. Uh, yes. and, we like that. I liked that podcast because that exposed me to music that I would never, ever, ever, ever know about. And like, I felt, I felt those, those, uh, vibes come back again. Cause like you said, a bunch of bands that I'm like, I haven't heard of not one of those bowling for soup is where I tapped out. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 absolutely. That's funny. Uh, but what I was trying to think of like, do you do do you write all of the songs? Like, have you were you the main writer on all the songs? I guess. Yeah, for the most part on um on on Yellow for sure. Um, my um uh my bandmates have been co-writing a lot more uh recently. My um my drummer Noah Hammontree has been sending me like fully done instrumentals, uh, and I just asked him to do the stems, and we did like a proper co-write the other day. But um, yeah, for the most part on the on every song on Yellow and on um on uh the entirety of the new lp which comes out in a few days here um yeah i think i'm the main writer on most of them and normally like i'll have like an, a whole structure and instrumental all done in my computer um and then me and my band will kind of like decide just which ones we like the best um and then normally uh uh my best friend and guitar player nick hudson upstairs i'll, I'll need him for a lead or something because i don't have i don't have a good ear for guitar leads always but i know i need one um, and, uh, and then Noah always changes the drums a little bit because I'm just doing like four on the floor and he needs fills and it always sounds better. Um, and then, and then our producer, Neil Angle, who, who did the entirety of the yellow, uh, yellow EP with us and this newest record. Um, he, he, he helped a lot and did a lot of restructuring on the first EP and just taught me a lot about songwriting. Um, and um, I'm happy to say less so on this newest one, just because like I retained all the lessons he taught me. So most of the stuff I brought him was was uh, about there, you know. 
Um, so he had done a lot of writing too, but like, as far as like all the choruses and melody ideas and all the lyrics, that's, that's all me. So I gotta know, like, when do you figure out, like, how did you figure out that you were actually good at it and not just some like angsty kid that's like, my heart is like a flower and you are like the sun. I only Dude. can blossom when you are around. Like <laughs> there is a <laughs> there is a huge disconnect from the uh, garbage that I wrote uh, and probably wrote you know embarrassingly into my twenties that would never be a song. You know, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 quite the opposite experience. I had to figure out how bad I was to get good. <laughs> like like you're saying. What what happened was I started playing guitar and started singing, and I was like, I'm great at this. Everyone should listen. And then like a couple years go by, and you listen back, and you're like, Oh my god, you weren't in key. Like you weren't even close. Like I seriously, I like had to realize how much I absolutely sucked. To like, okay, let's learn how to do this. Like none of this. There's like, there's like a difference between like earned skill and talent right and i don't have a lick of talent like <laughs> like it's all it's all just like perseverance and and it's choir it's lots of choir it's two years of a vocal coach dr lamartine at the university of wyoming she is an absolute godsend and literally showed me how my voice works um it is uh um a guy by the name of john williams in laramie wyoming who is just killer at guitar and he's really good at teaching you how to play the kind of guitar that you want to play um, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of our producer, Neil Angle and a lot of just like years of being so bad at it. I mean, there's, there are hundreds and hundreds of songs that are like fully written, fully recorded, fully produced that I know are no good now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it's all that it's, it's a, it's just a ton of practice. I can't stress the vocal coach thing enough. <laughs> like a personal vocal coach is next level. Like choir was fine because in choir, I started singing on key like that. That's a big unlock because I really was singing like really loud without hitting notes. Um, and <laughs> choir taught me just like how to hit the notes that I want in the song. And that was OK. But there was like no expression. There was nothing about it that was interesting. And it would and and I'd still like like be a little shaky and fall flat. And like a, a personalized vocal coach, if you're a singer or working on it, um, is crazy because everyone's voice is different. And as someone who really knows what they've, someone who really knows what they're doing. I mean, th this woman I went to has a doctorate in in vocals. Like someone who really knows what they're doing can hear and find everything that's in your throat and your voice and your diaphragm, and like bring it out of you. I remember, um, like a huge part of the EP, like a gigantic part, was Dr. Lamartine and I figured out that just so much of my voice happens well when I imagine I'm singing it in my hands. Like I literally imagine that my vocal is coming out of my right hand when I sing. And do you ever do puppeteering while you're singing? Dude. Yes. <laughs> uh, like I'll, like I'll, it's not like, it's not like a puppeteering thing, but I'll do this thing where I'll like throw out each word with my fingers. You get very Italian then, with it. Yeah. And I did it. I, seriously, I did it. I did it on the entire EP. And then like, I've done it enough now where it's, it's muscle memory and I don't, I don't need to do that anymore, especially because I sing and play guitar at the same time. But yes. Yeah. I'm like, it's all in my right hand. <laughs> Was there like, what was the, if you even remember, what was like the thing that you went back to and you were like, man, I can't wait to hear myself and how great I am. And you played uh, it and we're like, oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not like that. I'm, I, I'm sure I knew that, um, 
I'm sure I'm sure I knew that like, oh, this probably isn't going to sound as good. It was just a it was just a matter of like, <sighs> I think what I don't I'm know. Trying to, I think what I'm trying to ask is like what in that in that moment when you were hearing that was like because that's that is usually a big tipping point for a lot of people where they hear it and they go, oh, I was as trash as I thought I was and I'm going to quit now. Like, what was it in that moment that made you go like, OK, it is time to like really dig in and go hard. Well, well, you know, you know what it is, and I only just realized it as you asked, but it's it's like a junior high and high school thing where like people were being like mean to me and telling me I was no good at it about like singing and playing guitar. But they were also being mean to me about like everything else, you know, like the way I dressed, the way I acted, the way everyone dressed, the way everyone acted. I mean, middle school and high school is just a nightmare. Like kids are horrible awful people so so it's like when they would say that i would be like oh well they're just mean about everything like that can't be true so i didn't give anyone any credit and you know like my parents bless their hearts weren't like hey you suck at this you know what i mean so i didn't have any frame of reference for whether or not it was um for whether or not like like all of my criticism was just negative across the board and like and like I was gonna keep dressing however I wanted, so I I was just gonna keep singing however I wanted. And I think there were like lots of years where like I didn't improve necessarily because of that. Um, but it was really just like, well, I think I just like heard progress. You know, I'd go I'd go back to a YouTube video, but the one the next year was a a, a little bit better, or I recorded it that day and it was noticeably better. And then I'd go back, you know, and by freshman year of college, like the songs were all in tune. They were just a little like overzealous and sad. And then by the time we got to Neil Engel and really started writing songs, like not only did I think it was really good, but like people actually started paying attention to not my weekend. And I was like, okay, well this is the, um, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like verification. Isn't the, in the right word. Validation. Thank you. (laughs) This, this, this is the, this is the validation that like that literally confirms that I I'm improving to a degree that people like are entertained. Cause like, I just, there's not much frame of reference when like you and your peers and your best friends are like, yeah, dude, it's getting better. But like no one's showing up, you know? Right. So when people started showing up, I'm like, okay, like, good. It's getting better. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, it's the same thing with podcasting. You're like, you never know. I don't know. So, okay, this is one thing I've always wondered about musicians, okay? is there Has there ever been, like, a fully formed song? You and the band, you're like, we made this song, it's amazing, we love it, and then you... Did you do, I would imagine, did you do, like, bar shows and stuff? Like, would you go... Yeah. yeah. So, did you ever take a song out, and it just straight up bombed? Like, a song you thought was great, people just outright were like, eh, no thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's... every Every crowd's different, too. I mean, there's, like, there's there's whole shows where you were like just telling me how cool crawl is and there's whole shows where crawl just doesn't work because we're just playing to to the 20 kids that only want to hear the heavy fast stuff right and then there's whole shows where crawl is the biggest song because all the hipsters showed up that night or whatever you know (laughs) but um but no i don't know if um honestly if i'm being real like either a whole set would work or, or a whole set would bomb normally like for the most part. And and I think that's half and half of like a show going bad and half of just like us having a set of six not not fun to listen to songs. Like 
And, and I, and, and I, I recognize that now for sure. Um, but as far as like stuff that we've, um, like our, our recent stuff, the stuff on the EP and the LP that we've taken out, we, we haven't played anything to like an audience that really cares and likes it, that where it, where it hasn't worked live yet. So I'm, Knocking on wood. <laughs> I will knock on <laughs> my fake wood here that. too. <laughs> so, but so has there? Have you ever abandoned? I I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, have you ever like had a song that just never got what you wanted, and you just ended up abandoning, or you guys just didn't like to play? That seems silly. I, I, it sounds the, silly now to say it, but like something that you th- like liked when you started, and then you know you got. 20 times deep and we're like, I don't know if I still am into the song the same way I was when I started. There's a song on the, there was a song on the EP yellow called forever that has a full mix and master and was done. And, and, and we just cut. Um, and I think I was kind of indifferent about putting it on. I mean, it was definitely the worst song on the EP. Um, and I, I was a little indifferent about putting it on. Uh, our drummer Noah was pretty insistent that it not be on the record. And Nick and Ed, my other two bandmates, were like, "Yeah, it's fine. We could just <laughs> not." And I, and and that's kind of how I was on it. So, um, so yeah, that got cut. And it's like, a, I don't know. It's it's a fun song, but it's just like it is the weakest link. And I think that uh, you know the 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 six song EP that we put out is like pretty consistent. You know, the whole time. So I I like that. Um, I like we were able to do that. And I think it might have. Um, so there's that song. Um, and I mean, there's like a ton, you know, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of demos that just like didn't make it past the pre-production process or whatever. But if I listen to them two months from now and decide they're worth their weight, we'll, like I'll do them or we'll do them or someone will do them. But normally if a song's getting cut, it's like, there's 12 songs that are so much better than it that no one's really, you know, upset about it. Or, or what'll happen is they'll be like, and this has happened a couple times where we'll have 12 songs that are really great. And they're like songs 11 and 12 are like, yeah, they're, they're okay, but they make the cut. They're fine. And then like the day before, like you make your final decision, you write like the best song on the (laughs) record. Like it's like, it happens all, it, it happens a lot where it's like, the day before it's final decision-making time, like eight hours before it's a thing, you write like what seriously ends up being the single. And then those songs just fall to the bottom of the pile. And I, like, I'm never bummed about that. That's always, that's always a good problem, you know? So. Have you, have you found it harder to write now? Cause I would imagine, I mean, I have no idea what your writing process is, but I would imagine it's going out and living a life. And I don't know how easy that's been the past eight or nine months. Um, I think it was harder to write when I, I think, I think for me, uh, I don't know how to try, how to articulate what I'm saying. I think for me, um, living a life is not indicative to good songwriting. (laughs) No, I understand that. (laughs) So it's kind of like, like, I mean, to answer your question, no, I think it's the same. I think, I think my, I think my best songwriting, uh, is pretty calculated and like figuring out what's best going to sound cool and like getting into a, a session and like dissecting what this good song is going to be. Um, and, uh, and like just between my computer and my acoustic guitar and my, my brain making all that happen. So, so, um, and especially because, uh, all of our songs are like 
90% of our songs are romantically based or, you know, a, about a girl and I'm in a happy committed relationship. So I just keep writing songs about her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it, it, you know, that's, that's kind of easy to do I'm not, I don't have to go out and meet some new girl to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, uh, like the pandemic and like being really locked down and being inside for l- literally, you know, nine months now or whatever, um, hasn't affected the writing all that much. Um, because, it was always um, uh, when a when a good song comes out, it's always just like you know bunkering down and kind of treating it like a desk job almost, and just like not getting up until you have a cool song. Um, but but yeah, like back when I like back in school, like we were just talking about, like when the songs were bad, it was always like a, I'm living life and I'm an inspired thing, and then it would come <laughs> out like this melodramatic, like nothing mess with no melody. You know what I mean? Like it's just so. I don't think for for me, no. I think every, I think everything's chilling writing wise. But that's a that's a great question that I hadn't even thought about. Well, it's funny because you say it like that, and I don't know. Like I like the band Weezer, and I don't know much about Rivers, but the the like rumor about him is that he is very, you know, trying to math out, uh, basically trying to always trying to always trying to get the perfect song out. You know what I mean? Like he, I don't exactly know what that means, but like I understand the idea of it, and it sounds like. Like you have that kind of approach to of like, all right, I understand music. I understand what the people want. Let's try and uh, make two plus two equal four. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll get moments of like, quote unquote, inspiration when I'm just like out and about doing something. And sometimes those are like the very best lyrics. But normally the melody that I come up with in the moment is not that great. And those lyrics are always just reused in a in a better melody that is kind of hashed out at a later time. Um so there's a lot of like really good lyrics that come from moments like that. And every now and then there's like a melody or something that pops in my head and I just sing it into my phone. But for the most part, like if it's good, it's like um, it's it's a full like chord structure and maybe like one lyric idea that I've had on my phone or whatever. And then I just run with that for two verses and a chorus. You know what I mean? Um, and I really I really admire that in Weezer. I think that I think you can listen to Weezer's discography and like pick apart every part of that dude's brain. And like Weezer is that band that has had like that huge emo hit and then also Beverly Hills. Yeah. And that's like amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, yeah. So I have to know this, not my weekend. I'm sure you've explained it before. What, what up with that? What does that mean? Oh, it's a, it's an all, it's an all time low lyric. Um, It's there's, yeah, School it's me. an all time low. Song. <laughs> it's an all, it's an all time low song called weightless. Uh, and the lyric is maybe it's not my weekend, but it's going to be my year. Um, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I love that band. That's probably, that's like one of my favorite songs of all time. We went, my sophomore year of school, like we were putting the band together, um, just because I wanted to be playing with my friends. It was me, my friend, Jake McAwee and my friend, Sean O'Hagan at the time. Um, and we had a list of like five band names. Uh, I think the final three were back against the wall, outstanding us. (laughs) <laughs> and not my weekend. Uh, and we just asked all our friends, like, which one was best. And they all said, not my weekend. And we we're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's not a crazy, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not that crazy of a story. It was just like, this'll, this'll work. We like, we want to play a show and we'll need to tell someone what we're called. And, and that's it. And I've just stuck to it. I just have not changed it. <laughs> so it's funny because, like, that is like dragging the table. This podcast came about because I, you know, kind of in the same way, like, I liked, I don't even remember what other 
names for the show I had, but you know that scene in Men in Black where he is first like going to take the test and they've got the other like five applicants and they're in that room and they've got to try and like take this paper test with a pencil and he drags the table across and he's like, Hey, y'all want to get in on this? Like, I just like that scene. I like the idea of like, all right, he's going to do it the way he wants to do it. And uh, I called it dragging the table. Nobody, I have to explain it. There is no context. People are, what is dragging the table? Why? And I say that story every time. And I'm like, should I just change this to like, it's the DJ show? (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, I love Men in Black and I love that scene. That's like one of the funniest moments in that whole movie. And that's that's a great story. I think it should be a band now. You should make the whole podcast a band because that's a crazy. That's that's way better than mine. That's, I will do that. I can play at least four chords on a guitar. So there you go. Yeah, that's, that's all I know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Do you play guitar? What all, what all do you play? Or do you play like? Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm mostly a guitar guy. I I understand piano because I like make it in my computer, but I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't actually pl- I couldn't actually play you what I write on a piano. Um, and then I'm not I I don't like shred on guitar or anything. I just um, I just like know where all the notes are and I play my chords perfectly, and that's and that's about it. <laughs> you seem like a very level-headed guy, like. The other connection that we have, uh, the strong connection, is your mom. Like yeah. she is, <laughs> she is maybe the most supportive, nicest person on the whole entire internet. Like she is. She's, made... probably, she's probably your biggest fan. She's, <laughs> she's she not well. She's probably your biggest fan, and she's like like everything that she falls in love with. She's that thing's biggest fan. My mom is like a supporter through and through. She's she she's the best in the world. And yeah, I've listened to. I've listened to your show many times just through her begging me to long before <laughs> we got on this today. So yeah, no, she's, she's the best. So is that like, was it, is that, I don't know. Like, is that what it's like to have a good childhood? Is this the end result of that? <laughs> like I had the opposite mother and the opposite family. So I'm like, I'm my looking mom, at what mom, I could have done. <laughs> my mom will be so happy to hear you say that. Cause I don't think she thinks of it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my mom's just like my mom's just like supportive to a fault. You know, she would drive me to Denver to see these shows and then dr- drive me back and stay up till four in the morning, like every weekend or whatever, just so I could keep falling in love with, with the music. And she would like, like, let me skip school to finish songs and stuff. And and, and my dad was like, no, like he's got to go. And she's like, no, it's fine. This is better than school. <laughs> um, so she's, yeah, she's just uh she's the sweetest and the best. And I'm, I'm so, so, so lucky to have her. And I couldn't have moved or be living here um, without her. And she's uh, been working so hard, like these past few years, especially Um, um, this, this new job that she's been working is crazy. She's working in disaster management, uh, like um, basically in charge of like all the relief funding for um, hurricane Harvey a few years back. Um, which you don't even think about because it was so long ago. But the relief for that is going to last like for more years to come. And I think she signed some contract about the coronavirus. So she'll be doing disaster management stuff for like the next decade or whatever. But I mean, she works so, so hard like in her life. And it's it's all for like the people that she uh, um, loves and supports, you know, herself included. And it's it, it's crazy and it's visible and it's it's. It's dope. I, I don't know what I do without her. I mean, I really don't like my catalytic converter got stolen the other day and she just paid for half of it. So like, <laughs> can I tell you, I saw 
I feel so bad laughing at you, but as a guy who grew up in Florida, I, as a child, knew what a catalytic converter was because I, my people weren't like, this is something you need to know about and protect and fix. My people were like, this is the thing you can take from guys like Patrick and go bring it to the uh, scrapyard. <laughs> it's the dumbest concept in the world. How is there something that valuable underneath my car? Why does no, why, and also why did no one tell me? I'm not like, I'm not making like, I'm not taking great strides to protect my 2002 van that is empty, right? I'm not like, like there's nothing in it. You can open the doors and find nothing, right? So why am, why is no one like, by the way, there's like a piece of like gold underneath the car. So don't park it on the dark street corner in LA. I don't get it. Also, you can use that in a time of need. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I would have done it. I would have like the money they got from it might have been more than what I bought for the new one. Cause like the one, the new one I bought the other day is just like aluminum, right? It's totally uh-huh. worthless now. But before it was like platinum. Like what? <laughs> It's amazing. I remember learning about that when I was a kid and having pretty much the same reaction. I'm like, so we do just have, we're just carrying treasure with us and no one. (laughs) Oh, it's ridiculous. It's amazing. I'm so sorry that happened, but I did laugh a little bit. (laughs) Oh, it's it's okay. It, you know, relative to, uh, relative to how much a problem it could have been, it, it blew over very, very fast, which is nice. But I, I didn't even know what I was looking at. I got under my car and I was like, this looks like someone cut it out. And my dad was like, yes, yeah, someone cut it out. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what, so what, what does your dad think of all this? You know, the, uh, the dad who was like, go to school, son, learn. I don't know. Algebra. Um, no, yeah. No, my, my, my dad's stoked. My dad, my dad, my dad and my stepmom both are, are equally as supportive. They're, they're the best. Um, and my dad was much more honest with me throughout my growing up that I used to suck for sure. Like he told me for years how bad it was. And now, and now he thinks I'm, now he thinks I'm so good. He like, doesn't understand how people that aren't me are successful. He's like, he, he was listening to some, I showed him some newfound glory song and he's like, why on who let these guys do it? You're so much better. <laughs> I like, thanks dad. I appreciate that. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, they're, they're the best. Uh, they love that I'm out here. And my dad's biggest thing, um, was he really wanted me to have uh, a college education. And I was kind of, um, I was kind of resistant to that for a little bit. I, I thought that was super silly, but then luckily for both of us, I, I really fell in love with college. My last two and a half, three years of school. Um, and, and have my degree. And now that I have my degree, like he's smooth sailing, you know, like do, do whatever you want. Like, don't get a job, do your DoorDash, live in LA, like make all your dreams come true. Cause I got my degree. And yeah. so like the, and you know, that, that was that important to him and it wasn't that important to me, but I loved school. So like, I was super happy to finish it. And I, and I love telling people I had my degree now. So that, yeah, everything Everything is a okay there. They're the best. What is your degree in, if you don't mind me asking? It's it, it's in philosophy, actually. <laughs> so what? What? Tell me about it. Tell me all about it. I've only heard philosophy uh, degrees be mocked. I have never heard what that is all about. So it's well, it's the whole thing because that is kind of the first question is like, well, what kind of job are you going to get with that? And and I've got a few different answers. One of which is I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, philosophy for for me, and you, 
uh, and you know the the subject is so um specific to whoever's teaching it you know because it is like thinking about the world that you live in right yeah. but i you know there's there were only three to three professors in my entire department and when you're you know a junior and senior that has declared your major as philosophy you get really close with them because like the kids that graduated in my major there was like six other kids with me you know um so uh i think they really just like for me it was all about perspective and it became really clear to me like my sophomore and yeah the end of my second year of school like that philosophy was giving me all these tools to think about the world around me in like many different ways all the time um and like i can't speak enough to what that does for your mental health like to realize that like things are important or they're not so important like at every at every turn like as it's happening like that that's so important it's crazy and it's just it's from all these thinkers throughout hundreds of you know thousands of years of human experience or whatever that have entire books about like what it means to live life efficiently and effectively and like to to really learn about that in a setting with people that love teaching it to you is like crazy and you know you can get your masters and you can get your doctorate and you can teach philosophy your whole life like it's a pretty clear cut path if you only want to do philosophy but i just like wanted to like get my doctorate and get that like mental health and like become or wanted to get my bachelor's sorry um <laughs> and get that get that uh get that perspective and get that mental health and get this knowledge that just like keeps me going in a better way so there's like there's the question of like um, like people will ask, are you ever going to use that degree? And it's like, well, no, I probably won't use it like in a way where someone hires me because I have it, but I use it like every moment of every single day of my life, that degree, because like, because, you know, Aristotle says like happiness is an action or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, he's right. And now I don't obsess over like finding contentment or whatever. Like I totally did. And like, I think a lot of people do, you know, it's big wafting ideas like that, that I carry with me forever. And also recognize I might be wrong about, which is awesome. Cause then I'm not obsessed about being right. You know, like you just go on forever and ever about all this good stuff I get from philosophy. So yeah, it's, my, it's the best. Well, and that's the thing is like everyone who speaks on philosophy, like hearing you talk about it now, it makes me realize that like, it's. It should be something that is like, uh, you know, very specific. You can go into infinity with it, you know, if you would like to. But it seems like something that should be part of uh, just every curriculum anyway, because that what everything you just said is things that people usually don't learn until they're in their late 20s or 30s. And they can look back and be like, now I have perspective and I know what the small things I should sweat are and the big things that I should take seriously. And you have but you have no. You have no, what's the word? You have no roadmap. You know what I mean? Like I, in my, what, early 30s, I got Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I read the first chapter and I was like, well, my brain is too small for this right now. I'm going to put you <laughs> down and pick you up later. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, you know, it's it's like branded differently too, right? You know, like, uh, like there's tons of self-help books. Like The Secret comes mm -hmm. to mind. Like all that is like really deep, like philosophy stuff that's just like, you know, presented to you as being like a life coach or like branding or whatever. Right. So I think there's lots of people or like just therapy, you know, there's tons yeah. of people that like that find tons of philosophy stuff that's that's really, really helpful, like through those avenues and just like don't even know that they're talking about big like 
big like ideas written in Plato books or whatever. But, uh, but I think um, uh, the cool part about taking philosophy is like, you realize what all that stuff is and, and like, you know, what's self-helpy and what isn't. And, and again, like just because so many people have written about it, it just, it's about everything and nothing all at once. But yeah, I mean, I, I like to think I would have figured it out all that stuff just through like getting really into the, secret or mental health via therapy or something like that at some point anyway, but you're totally right. You're a hundred percent correct. I think it should be taught in all things. It's it, well, and the problem with things like the secret and stuff like that is not necessarily, cause I have no idea. All I know is again, what people have mocked about the secret, but it's what's surrounding it. Like when you have this, like, you know, pop culture version of philosophy, it's way harder to take it seriously because when you have nonsense people being like i'm already a millionaire and i used the secret and now i'm more of a millionaire it's like yeah okay, cool <laughs> like i have a hundred dollars <laughs> for yeah. the next month what am i supposed to do with that <laughs> yeah no, those the, those dudes are those dudes are so silly man and i, I don't even know what to think when i re- you're absolutely right and it's it's tricky and for the most part i just like don't even pay that any mind. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe you are. I'm, I'm not worried about it. But that's because <laughs> you have the philosophy degree. <laughs> <laughs> Guys like me got wound up in that and had to like say my two cents about it and like, this is nonsense and stupid. And look at that guy. He's stupid because I had no I had no perspective to stand back and look and be like, it's all nonsense. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, so you just, I saw, what was it? How long ago was the video for El Camino released? I saw it come out on Twitter, I think. Oh, November 11th, I think. Never forget. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think November 11th. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my favorite video that, uh, we've put together and that I think I've ever been a part of. I, I love that video so much. How was it hard to get it to get it together now? Or was it fairly an easy pro? Is that the first music video? No, it's not. It's not the first music video you've done, is it? No, it's the first music video that um, I directed and edited entirely. Amazing. Um, the, on, on the EP, yeah, on the EP, um, I, I employed uh, uh, my friends and before, which, which was a big help. Um, and uh, since, since then, you know, like I got really obsessed with editing videos and it's like one of my favorite things now. Um, and I, and I just made dozens of videos and, um, um, and I, I still needed, uh, a videographer, uh, this guy, uh, Daniel, Daniel Wayne in Houston, Texas, um, up in the air films, check them out. They're, they're literally insane. They're incredible. Cause, uh, cause I, I haven't spent all that time learning how to shoot footage. <laughs> I mean, I can totally, I can totally shoot passable footage, but like, that like El Camino looks insane. That's so hi-fi and he color corrected it too. Like that's, I can't do that. But um, when it came to like, like actually like um, directing a vision and like writing a music video treatment that a human being could follow and like, and going to shoot it and going to cut it, I was like super confident. And then I was so happy when it actually turned out how I imagined it in my head. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, I think it was pretty difficult to get together in the sense that like, I spent days 
trying like not days, weeks trying to find those cheerleaders. And I had a whole set of cheerleaders set up and then they canceled on me two days before. And then I had to get a whole different set of cheerleaders ready to go. And then I spent weeks trying to line up a videographer. And then I had a whole videographer lined up and then they canceled on me three days before. And then I found Daniel who I was just singing his praises in like 48 hours notice. And he was like, let's do it. Um, and then my uncle owns that car garage. I swear to God, the only car in that entire garage he didn't own was the freaking El Camino. So <laughs> I've got, I've got in an entire garage of supercars from the sixties and seventies, just the best vehicles ever made by mankind, but I don't have an El Camino. So for four, like a month, I'm looking for an El Camino and just like, again, 48 hours before the whole thing came together, I found one two blocks from my uncle's garage, two blocks away. And they're like, yeah, we'll drive it over. We'll leave the keys with you. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> thank you so much. So like, I think it was really difficult. However, like two days before is pretty good for us. Normally, <laughs> like normally we're on a four hours before type schedule. Like, like Daniel was like, you guys threw this together last minute. And my dad was there because it's my uncle's garage. So my dad's helping us do all this stuff, right? My dad was there. He's like, I don't know, two days before, that's pretty on par for this crew. We're kind of <laughs> kind of killing it. So um, yeah, I mean, I think my uh um I think my I think I'm my bandmates get uh pretty stressed about it, but you know, I've never really put my mind to us doing something uh and and made a plan where I made a plan about it and it didn't work out some way. Normally things get like canceled and rescheduled nine or ten different times in between, but we we always get to pretty much what what I was trying to do. And with El Camino, that was that was like it. That was like exactly what I had in my head was what we happened. What was what happened. So I was stoked. Well, that's awesome. So what did you, did you approach it kind of the same way that you do to a song? And like, what do you think like your biggest takeaway? Like, what would you do different on the next video? Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, I just approached it. Like we just had this song El Camino and my, like I said, my, my very nice, very rich uncle, uh, uncle Frankie, uh, collects, <laughs> collects all these cars. So I was like that we're going to his garage. Like that's, we're going to, play this song El Camino about this car in that garage. Like it has to be like the location was the whole thing. Um, and you know, that's like a, that's like my uncle, that's my blood, but that's like, that's like a thousand dollars, like thousands of dollars just to use that location for the day on any other video shoot. It, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it doesn't. So like, it was the opportunity that, that really drove me, you know, because just like the, the, the fact that we can go and shoot there for free, is insane like it's it's the nicest space so i just like that was the driving force just that we had written this song and that there was that space that was the driving force so i just like wrote this i just wrote out this whole like grease lightning thing um around what the space is um and just like knew we had to find an el camino knew there was a cheer part so i was like it's good if there's cheerleaders in it and then just i literally just like had a shot order just like cut to cut to Patrick, cut to Ed, cut to Nick, cut to Noah, cut to full band. Uh, El Camino shot here, no El Camino shot there. It was just like really basic, just like cheerleaders, no cheerleaders, but, 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 just all in order. And then we just got there and then we just, we just shot it all. And then we shot a bunch of drone stuff that we didn't plan on because Daniel is like obsessed with drones and he made it amazing. Um, uh, so yeah, that was it. It was really, it was really just the location. And you know, there, there's another music video coming out on January 8th um for the song honeymoon and that's all on a green screen and that was also kind of the location in a roundabout way 
because we made it all on green screen because there were no locations we could go to because we made it in March when the whole world shut down. Um, so there was no, like there was no location that would have us or that we could even ask to go to because coronavirus, like we made it on like March 20th. Like, I mean, there mm. is not a place open on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that's like this crazy, like green screen, like blues clues video um, that, that, the driving force behind that was just like, well, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to go. And that ended up, you know, being super cool and cartoony as well. Um, uh, and I'm stoked on that, but you know, I, at this point, um, at this point, like apparently to me, location is everything for a music video. Um, especially because, um, I'm not a big fan of like storyline videos, mm-hmm. uh, storyline music videos. I mean, like, I totally get it. They've, they've worked for years, but for some reason I just don't really like when there's like the band playing and then there's like a boy that meets a girl and then they like go to the show at the end of the video. I'm like, yeah, all right. That's me on stage. Look, I I just don't like, that's fine. I get it, but I don't, I don't want to make those. I I would much, I would literally much rather just like look at the band in some cool place. Um, So I think like whatever the next video is, it'll, I'll probably just find some spot. Um, before coronavirus happened, uh, the Color Factory actually said that we could come um, make a video in their space. It's like this crazy art museum experience zone place. And that would have been amazing. And I, I think those guys like me enough that I could probably leverage that out of them um, maybe by the next album cycle. But um, yeah, it'll just it'll just be about and, you know, it's about the song, too. You know, like normally I know which songs I want to have music videos and then sometimes lots of times it's right in the lyric where the video should be just in the back of an El Camino. So (laughs) El Camino. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Uh, What was I going to say? Well, in that, especially now I would think that doing a video like that, where you are just basically where you would want to be if you were at a show, like right on top of the band, like that would be the kind of video that people would want. Like you don't want to see someone walking out and knocking on the door and you want to come out with me, here's some flowers. Like that is not happening right now. And that is not like, usually the people are stuck with their significant other. I say stuck. They are enjoying every moment with their significant of others. Course, and of course. <laughs> they're like, I miss going out to a show. And you can give that to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I think in, in recent years, people have made like crazy cool creative music videos. And, you know, I want to I want to compete with those, you know, Machine Gun Kelly just did that whole music video where they are physically dragging a car on its top. Like they're dragging the hood of the car on the street. Like that's, that's insane. And that's the whole video is just them playing on top of this moving upside down car. Like that's the kind of like, that's the kind of creativity I want to compete with. Or like Billie Eilish, like just zooming in on a one shot of her eye bleeding black. That that just on paper, that's dumb, but the video is so sick. It's like awesome. So I like, I want to I want to be on that level, you know, in terms of in terms of that stuff. Well, that that's it. That's you as a kid. If everyone is telling you like this is dumb, what you're doing is dumb. Like, okay, I'm on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I'll end up where I need to be sooner or later. Uh, So, what is what is it like in California right now? Where, if you don't mind, or if you can divulge, like whereabouts in California are you? Are you guys locked down Uh, again? Bless you. No, thank you. Um, I uh, uh, yeah, we're in Van Nuys. Um, it's great. We're in we're in the valley of Van Nuys, and our little like 
condo section is like super safe and this part of the valley is super safe anyway which i'm i'm really excited about just because like you know i'm protective of my girlfriend and my friends and and i also i door dash until like four in the morning so uh so it's definitely it, it was important to me that we were in a super safe spot and and i definitely feel that here um uh so yeah we're in van nuys we're um we're uh, two blocks from uh, a couple different studios and friends that I knew before we moved here, which was also important to me just to be within proximity of like people I knew I wanted to collaborate with before um, we moved. Um, and we're half an hour from Hollywood, half an hour from uh, the beach in Malibu. Like it's, it's a dream come true. It's awesome. So do you live, do you live with all your bandmates? No, I live with my guitar player, Nick Hudson. Um, and then my drummer, Noah Hammontree, just got a job working real estate for his dad in Laramie, Wyoming, which awesome. is where we graduated and lived. Um, and he's stoked on that and making significantly more money than Nick and I are. Um, and he's still he's working on music now more than ever, actually. Um, and I think the plan uh, uh, is for all of us to just uh, get together and practice before, you know, a, a potential tour in the future <laughs> um, when that comes back. And then my uh, yeah, our bass player, Ed, Ed Ma just bought a house with his girlfriend in uh, Denver last year. That's awesome. Um, and he, he loves Denver. He's like, he's a Denver, a Denver straight edge, hardcore kid through and through. So I, I don't think he'd ever live there. Um, but yeah, the plan is for like everything to open back up us to book a tour. And then I think I would like for them to come here and us to leave with the van out of here, just practice in literally this garage two weeks before shows start. And then, and then go. But I, I totally see a world where we end up like meeting in Denver, meeting in Laramie for a couple of weeks of practice and then, and then taking off. But that, that might prove to be more of a problem than I think it is, but we'll, we'll find out when there's shows. <laughs> have you guys been, <clears throat> excuse me, have you guys been the same band since you formed? No, I listen. I no. Well, no, I say that wrong. Well, let me say that. I accidentally asked a good question. I'll ask that question first and then ask you what I meant to ask you. <laughs> uh, you know, every, every member of the band has changed uh, except for me at this point. Um, gotcha. And I, I, actually, I actually tell people this. I tell people this a lot. I um, all time low in Bowling for Soup, as I mentioned earlier, were like two of my biggest influences. And I think in a way they sort of gave me a, a, an incorrect or negative perception on what it meant to be in a band because I was under this impression that you met your best friends in high school, they joined your band and then nothing ever changed because that is those bands experiences. Bowling for soup and all time low are like the two bands in history that have had their same lineup since they were 14 years old. And I like, they're the only two. I don't know how they're it's like good for them. Like someone out there blessed their souls or something. <laughs> it's insane. And then, you know, just whatever. I thought that ha I thought I was going to be able to do that. And just everyone quit just over and over and over again. Just like, I quit, I quit, I quit. Pat, you're great, but I quit. Um, Nick joined the band my junior year of high school and his sophomore year. And Nick has been like my best friend and my right-hand man ever since. He is fully in Not My Weekend. And we have lived together for like six years now. Like, um, So yeah, Nick, Nick has been in the band for a long, long, long time. And he was really, really good friends with Noah. And I, I knew Noah, but I because we went to the same high school, but we didn't really become super great friends until like my freshman year of college and his geez, it would have been junior year of high school because he's like he's two years younger than us. So maybe it's my maybe it's my sophomore year of college and his senior year. But um, but yeah, then we became really close and he like had expressed that he was like really into um, 
um, like fallout boy and, and pop punk in general. And I didn't really realize that's something he was interested in. And then he joined the band on bass. Uh, and then three or four drummers later, um, we just couldn't find one. And he just real he learned drums from the ground up. He just completely learned the drum set for this band and killed it. Like he's my favorite drummer that we've ever played with. Like by a long shot, it's no contest. And then, um, and then we met Ed Ma, uh, in Denver at uh, a show and he's a bit older than us, but it was really clear to me instantly, like how smart he was. Like he's the smartest guy in the band. He's so smart. And, and it was also really clear to me how long he'd been in it. Like he, like he booked Mayday Parade in like Cheyenne in like 2008 when he was, you know, like 15 or whatever. Like he like, like loves music and the scene and like, and hardcore and he loves the community and everyone loves him. Like he just knows everyone and he loves everyone. Um, and, uh, we, we met him at backstage at a real friends show. Cause he was teching for have mercy. Uh, and he was like, Hey, I know you guys, we, we live in the same town. Cause he was going to our college. Um, he was like, you're Pat. Right. And I was like, yes. And I knew I should know his name. Uh, Cause we'd talked and I was like, Oh, I know I should know your name. So I like faked my way through it. And then he like left like, the circle or whatever and one of our other buddies i was like hey what's his name and he's like oh that's ed and i was like are you sure that's it his name's ed and he's like yeah dude no that's Ed." <laughs> <laughs> um and then he like he came to a practice like that week and we left for five days a tour like three days later like and he was just like yeah i'll go out and for some reason he hasn't left the band yet <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah that's and that's ed and he's 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 an incredible he's an incredible bass player and he really plays a little bit of everything and um and I, I, I ask Ed for advice about lots of stuff and Ed's got a lot of ideas. And again, he's really smart and he fixes our stuff all the time. He's fixed the van a few times. He built our, our, um, our guitar cabs that are sitting right next to me and he helped put together like our backline of amps. And it's, it's my dream setup. Like I wouldn't change it if we were playing Madison square garden. Like it's literally perfect. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to have like that person that you just immediately click with. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny because what was it? Somebody a while back was talking about like soulmates uh, and in the context of like, uh, you know, being partners with a person or like, you know, being in a relationship with someone. But I think you can just be soulmates with just just meet a person and be their friend and you are soulmates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just those people you just pick up with immediately and you're like, all right, let's go. You're like, okay. No. <laughs> No, to totally. I, I agree completely. And, you know, also, I don't want to like it's not it's not all uh, it, it's not all uh, it's not all Candyland. We definitely bicker. You know what I mean? Espe especially on tour, like we can get at it a little bit. But there's at this point, like the four of us are are so committed. It, it's crazy to the point where it's like, I think we could get in a huge fight. But we're just like, we're all still in this band. You know what I mean? And that and that makes that makes me really, really happy. And I I, I hope and, and believe that will continue for a long, long time. And I think my girlfriend just opened the door because she has to leave the garage right now. Okay. You're, is that okay? She's going to open the garage. So it's going to be loud for a second. Oh yeah. We will have a whole ceremony if you'd like. <laughs> okay. Let's do, we're gonna have a ceremony for you leaving. Okay. All right. We're, we're on YouTube live. So there is no cutting this. Just everyone sees it. Everyone's going to see yeah. it. This is going in the audio yeah, version too. Fun, huh? <laughs> Sorry guys. Okay. Bye babe. Love you. Hey, have thank fun. you for lending us your boyfriend for a little while. Yeah. Word. Honestly. <laughs> Um, are you gonna are you gonna dash like the whole dinner shift? After this, I'll probably go to like midnight. So, okay, all right. So we're just both out for the night. Okay, have fun. I'll see you later. Will you close the garage? Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's good to have someone that is 
will uh, can just be on the same page as you. Yeah, we'll talk through the uh, the motor. I don't care. <laughs> Go, leave. Go. Uh, tell her to honk. Do the honking motion. No, no. <laughs> hit the button. It's important to me that you hit the button. Okay, she you. hit okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's great when you have someone that you can just be like, okay, you're good. I'm good. Let's go. We're done. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> absolutely. Um did she move out with you or did you meet her uh in California? Yeah, we yeah, we met we we met uh we met both of our respective last years of uh college. Um and then she actually did five months in Japan and we were long distance for like the beginning of our relationship, which was weird. Um, but then I went and visited her in Japan and it was like the greatest thing I've ever done. Um, so, so I, I wasn't complaining. Uh, and then, yeah, we just kept, we kept dating through, um, um, I mean, like I fully like made, like made her my girlfriend and we like fully committed to each other within like a month. Like we're, we're really into each other. Um, and she, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we kept dating and kept at it through quarantine. Uh, and you know, we went from like being mostly long distance for like, the first year of our relationship to like all of a sudden only seeing each other and no one else for the, the months. Um, um, and she like within like the first two weeks of us hanging out, I had mentioned that I wanted to move to LA after, um, after I graduated. And she said that she wanted to move to either Japan or LA. Like it was, those were the only two places she ever wanted to live. Uh, and we can't move to Japan right now. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it, it was really like we had said like way early on that we both wanted to live in LA separate from dating each other. Um, so which which was comforting and nice to me because like I didn't feel like I was dragging her here when we came. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we crashed with my we crashed with my parents in Texas while we looked for a, a place for two months or whatever, and we crashed at um, um, our guitar player Nick Hudson's parents' house for like four months over quarantine, um, just because like she went to Japan and I went to Portland to make a record and then we were going to go on tour. So I wasn't going to get a house until after all those tours. Um, and then the world shut down and I wasn't going to start paying rent when I didn't have a job and all my tours got canceled. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, so our plan was to move to LA over the summer since we were just saving money and not doing anything. And then it took us for almost five months to actually find the place. Didn't get here till September. Um, but yeah, she, yes, we we moved together, and I convinced uh, Nick and my uh, best friend uh, Sam Marcus, who actually does merch for Not My Weekend, um, to come with us as well. So we're we're all out here now. Me, Michaela, and Nick all just DoorDash. Uh, like I just told her, I DoorDash from like five p.m. to like four a.m. like four or five days a week, and that and that uh, that gets me that gets me paying the bills. Um, and then Sam's got a baller job for his mom, where he. Um, um, is in charge of a, a suicide prevention program for the school district for a school district in Cheyenne, Wyoming, mm -hmm. but that's all online. And he just does that from here. That's so awesome. So it's, it's the best. Do you see yourself ever uh, moving to or living in Japan? Um, I would love to, I'd love to spend a year there. Um, there's, there's not enough music and there's not enough creative opportunity um, uh, in, in, in Japan without speaking Japanese. Uh, for me to feel comfortable, like really doing it long haul there. But if I was in a position where like, like we had a ton of money saved up and I was feeling good about like, like how the band was doing or whatever, I love it there so much. I would totally go for a year or six months or something crazy. Like it is 
it is the best place on earth. <laughs> um, but it's just like the music there is like emulating American culture or it's anime, but it's anime where they're speaking Japanese. So like, I would love to be a part of anime. I'm a huge anime fanatic, but like, like, it's all English and right here in LA, if you're, you know, if it's being, if, if, if I'm working on it, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and then, and then, yeah, the music out there, it's like, it's like big Japanese rock bands or it's like, it's like American cover bands, like playing what is like American music or honestly, it's like pop punk bands, like going overseas. Like there's a huge, huge market for punk rock in Japan. It's crazy, but they just listen to like all the same bands I do. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I don't think I could pursue my career in the way that I want to in Japan, but if I had, if I had the money to just kick it for a year, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like what would be your like perfect day in Japan? Um, oh dude, I think we had it. We went to the, we went to the, we went to the Gundam base for like eight hours and looked at every Gundam that's ever been made in history and just, uh, and you know, found a Japanese guy that spoke perfect English. We just geeked out over all the stuff there. And we went to this, like, uh, um, uh, we had this like 3D like VR experience in the mall where we were like in Attack on Titan and then we left and like hit the beach, which is also like right there because Japan's an island. Um and uh and just like and and they have arcades that are open 24-7. So it's four in the morning and you I, I won like a Captain America from a Japanese crane machine. Like it's <laughs> dude, there's there's no there's no not perfect days in Tokyo. There's no not perfect days in Tokyo. So I know <laughs> nothing about anime. <clears throat> when you say Gundams, are you talking about the literal like fifteen foot or however tall like mech suits? I am talking about the I am talking about <laughs> the fifteen foot tall mech suits, of which there is a life size one outside of the Gundam base that I did not know moved. That's I thought it was a big. I thought it was a big statue. Apparently, every hour on the hour, it turns on and move. I thought we were under attack. <laughs> Japan's first line of defense was this Gundam, and it was activating. I lost it, dude. I was so pumped. It's, That's amazing. It, yeah, no, and then and then it's just like it's like their headquarters, and they have like it's a toy line and an anime predominantly, right? So they're equally popular for how like um, incredibly popular and like high quality and low quality their animes are over the last 30 years Gundam of which I haven't actually watched that many. And then they're equally popular for how incredible their model kits are. They're, you know, the best model kits ever to be made in the world. These, these, you know, robots designed for war or whatever. And like at it's their HQ and it's the entire top floor of this mall uh, on like the, the West side of Tokyo. Um, and they have every single one they've ever made. And they have a staff of, you know, hundreds of people when it's not a pandemic that want to talk to you about every single one. It's just, it's so dope. That's amazing. I'm literally like Gundam isn't even my main anime. It's not even my main thing, but like just seeing it experienced like that, it's crazy. It's like, <laughs> what is your main? Cause the one I keep hearing, the one that keeps coming up again, I know nothing about nothing, uh, but the right. one that keeps coming up is one piece. Are you a one? Yeah, piece? We're, yeah, we're watching one piece right now. We're, dude, we're watching. We're watching One Piece for the first time right now. Michaela and I are on episode like 120. First time we've ever seen it. It's so good. Um, no, for me, it's Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. We're like the first two, um, and then you know, like Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, Digimon, like those, like those helped raise me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, and I'm actually working on a crazy project, like directly related to those right now. Uh, that I won't say on YouTube live, but uh, the entire Not My Weekend Street team is helping me with it. And uh, 
my buddy and collaborator, uh, Jared, who's under, goes under the artist name Veins, um, who writes a bunch of songs with me. He's helping me work on it. So like when I say I'm into anime, like there is a very serious, creative, hopefully money-making project that I want to talk about like before six months of the new year, if we can manage. So Man. yeah, it's, it's, it's like all those. And then like in high school, I got really obsessed with like the specific ones, like Death Note and like uh, Mongolian Chop Squad and like all the really weird animes, you know, but yeah, like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Digimon, like those are all like, those like shaped me as much as Star Wars and Spider-Man did, you know? So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> all that it's, it's so weird, like how those will just hit you hard or not. Cause like I watched... I think the only one that I really tried to, I take it back. When I was in college, I watched Cowboy Bebop uh, pretty religiously. Uh, and then as an adult, I tried to watch, I think I got through most of the first season of Attack on Titan. And yeah. I was just like, all right, one of them talks now. I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> were you watching the, were you watching the dub or the sub? The dub. You, yeah, you were watching the, yeah, I don't, I don't watch the dub of Attack on Titan. The Attack on Titan dub is not my favorite. Uh, well, it's, it's, well, first of all, it was more horrifying than I even could have imagined in, initially. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty terrible. And then it was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we are going to eat children legs first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, so for someone like me, is there something like a one piece that you would be like, all right, you need to try again, try this. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the biggest problem with one piece is it, it, it doesn't end. Like when I say it doesn't end, I mean, it literally hasn't ended yet. And there are over a thousand episodes, uh, and they're all canon. Like you're supposed to see all of them. Um, like we've started it and I don't plan on finishing it. Like I plan on just getting bored. Like, and that's totally fine. Um, I don't know. It it, it, it kind of depends on what you're into. Like whatever your favorite like media is in like American culture, there's probably a baller anime like about it. So like, what's your favorite thing? What's your, like, what's your jam just in your day? Uh, I don't, I don't know how to answer that other than saying podcasting. Like this is what I enjoy doing. <laughs> it, well, I mean, so like, is, is it, is, is it bands? Like, is it, is, you know what I mean? What do you mean bands? Like listening to music? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it, it's funny because like I won I've always wondered what the divide was between someone who really really loves music and gets emotional about it and then just always ever listens. Like that's me. Like I was the guy who just loved music, could play four chords but never was like I am felt the urge to start a band. Like and the people that are like no no no. I need to go and bring this. I need to bring the heat, the smoke. Yeah. I need to bring it all. Like do you still get I know this is not answering the question, but do you still get like, uh, I was going to say emotional about songs, but have you ever been able to get emotional about any songs that you've made? Uh, yeah. I mean, I like kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I used to for every single song, but then they just weren't very good. Like the songs were, the songs were all emotion and they were no melody or structure. You know what I mean? But what I, uh, what I mean is like listening back to them. Like I, like I, so I'm weird. Cause like, I listen to stuff a lot because like the first time I go through, like I'll usually, if I, if I want to, okay. So perfect example, like logic decided he was going to retire. And I yeah. was like, I didn't, I barely knew who logic was. And I was like, who is this 
child who is going to say that he is going to retire. How dare he? And so instead of just like dismissing him, I was like, well, I'm going to listen to all of his albums except for the last one. Like I made it my mission to like uh, soak in everything that he had so that I could see if there was something there. And the way that I listen to music usually is like I'll listen to it and I'll just kind of hear it, but not listen to it. Does that make sense? Like I won't yeah. hear lyrics. I'll just kind of like see if I like how it feels and then I'll go back and listen to it. And then it gets deeper and deeper the further I get into it. By the time I heard, I mentioned crawl to you because by the fourth time I heard that song, I was like, am I getting a little misty right now? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, 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 that's so interesting. No, I think, I think you're right on the money. I think, I think I have a few bands like that. I think I've got, um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, there's a handful of bands where I'm like really connected, like to the story and to the journey. And, and I, you know, the Jonas Brothers, All Time Low and Bowling for Soup, all being one of those. And that definitely helped me fall in love with music because I was like 100% like listening to the story of everything they were singing and writing about. And I was obsessed with like the drama of it all and like the emotion of it all. And uh, Real Friends comes to mind. That's another one that probably um, does it for me. Mac Miller is a great example, you know, partly because, partly almost entirely because of his death, but like listening back to his discography, like that story, like a kid that just got hyped and slowly got sad. It's yeah. a, it's, it's insane. It's insane, dude. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of that. Uh, I don't feel it as much in our own music really at all. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess just kind of, cause I hope that's for other people, you know what I mean? I hope they, I hope other people find that in, in the stuff that we're making. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The, the Jonas brothers, especially like that band, that, that band has put their, uh, their fans and supporters through the ringer. And I have, I've been right there with them since, you know, since I was 13 and since they were 13. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy that you mentioned Mac Miller too, because like I was kind of the same way with him as I was with logic. Like I knew kind of, I knew, uh, what was it? Um, why can't I think of the album? The one that had uh, "Knock Knock" on it. Why can't I say oh, it? Oh, uh, Blue Flag Park. No, no. Uh, I'm kids. Why couldn't I say it? Uh, <laughs> I was. Oh, "Knock Knock" is on kids, isn't it? Dum da dum da da. Yeah, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, like I knew that album pretty forwards and backwards, but that was about it. I didn't really go much deeper, and it was the same thing. Like he died, and then I kind of went straight through and was like, ah, it was all right there. <laughs> like it was yeah, all right or- there. It's all yeah yeah it's it's crazy uh yeah Chester from Lincoln Park same same kind of deal where he's literally like screaming about it every night for his whole life. I remember <laughs> like, the crazy thing about Lincoln Park is I remember when the first album came out. I was in high school and I remember before Lincoln Park and after Lincoln Park and it was bananas because it just was like overnight everyone didn't just know who Lincoln Park was they had their album they had knew all their songs they were like all right we've already even though it's only been out for 24 hours we've heard it 48 times and we need you to give us the next one please hurry <laughs> yeah no, Lincoln Lincoln Park is a is smash success they're a huge rock band yeah it is yeah that, that one's heartbreaking yeah it was not they're all heartbreaking yeah it uh, I mean I don't know I don't know. Again, I've been listening to a lot of logic, uh, but like how have you gotten to a point to where you've had to deal with any kind of negative, uh, negative people, negative, like, uh, negativity coming your way Yeah, in my life? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, of course in your life. But I mean, like as a band, like I, 
to put it into perspective, like this show and like the other show that I do with my wife, the untrained eye, like we're on, we're at a level that, you know, the, the people that interact with us are the people that kind of know us and like us. And there aren't too many like outside influences. Like if there was someone that was like, you guys suck and you're ugly and I hate you. Like they would be, they would just stick out so crazily that, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they, there's no way they could fall into like a background of people just talking I, smack or talking nice. I see. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I think there's probably like one or two hate comments here and there. And I, I like my YouTube channel when I was like 11 used to be entirely hate comments, just because like that's what YouTube was at the time, and I wasn't good at it. Um, but yeah, I think there's like, uh, yeah, the like when we first put out when you're around, there was like a Facebook page that was like saying it was cheesy and bad. Uh, and um, I think there's like a couple negative things on our sucker video, and there's um, yeah, I don't know, they're out there, but I literally like I'll either troll them or I just like right now I've just completely forgot that they even happened. Like, I, I, I don't know, especially people don't like stuff, you know, and they normally they don't even know why they don't like it. They're they're just stoked on not liking it, you know, and I'm kind of into that too. There's some stuff in my world where like, I've decided I'm not going to like this. That's going to be fun. Like, yeah, this thing's stupid. Like I don't like Hamilton. I watched it and it was dumb. I, it's like one of the best plays of all time. Right. Everyone's told me how cool that musical is. Everyone's like, it's a masterpiece. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Is that true? Do you really not like Hamilton? I really, I really don't. And look, this is my point. I don't have a great reason. I just watched it and I was like, you know what? I've decided this is my one thing. I need something I don't like. And this is it. This is dumb. Can I tell you why we're kindred spirits? My thing was the movie Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio. Everyone was like, you got to, you got to, you got to. And I was like, I first, I just didn't see it because I just wasn't able to. And then I could, but just didn't want to anymore because so many people had said to. And to this day, I love much like the, I'm sure the faces you get about Hamilton, the faces I get about Titanic. Like, how could you not? It was a master. I don't care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess, you know, I guess, I mean, that's like an example of something that like, I just don't like, and I didn't really think about it that much. I just decided it. And I, you know, if we ever get negative comments or hate comments or whatever, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Do your thing. There was one time, one time a band that we really liked and we played a couple shows with maybe, said something about us uh, on on the internet that was less than kind. And we don't even know that it was about us, but we're pretty sure it was about us. And that, I wasn't super upset, but uh, our my my our drummer Noah was like really like upset. Like that, that, that hurt him. And it hurt, you know, it hurt us all a bit because we really, we really like that band. I still really like that band. Their songs are so good. And again, I'm not talking trash. Cause I don't even know if it was like what they said on the internet was truly about us. It just like, we just did a bunch of math and we were like, I don't know who, I don't know who else they could be talking about. (laughs) Well, and it's things I, cause that's one thing I've come to the conclusion too. Like the things that a random person says don't necessarily hit uh, as much as someone who is doing the same thing that you're doing, you know? Cause in my case, you know, other podcasters, if they have something to say, cause by the way, if you want, I I'm sure being a musician is the same way, but if you want to find a bunch of the most gossipy, just uh niche, uh, high school children, 
it podcasting is like if you miss high school so bad and you need to live it again and you can't go and play football, that is what you should do is be a podcaster because it is amazingly so much smack talk and you DMs of I can't believe you'll never believe what they said and you should. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 and guilty. I feel guilty about it, but I love that. I love gossip so much. Like it's my favorite. And there's, there's so much of it in, in the scene and in bands and in LA, especially it's like through the roof, the drama and gossip. Um, and I do, I love it. I love a good gossip to the point where if I find out someone is like talking shit about me or like gossiping about me, I'm like, dude, that's fine. Cause I'm down. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, like I really am not even mad. I'm just like, yeah, like, let's let's run it <laughs> but it's also the right people too like if someone comes at you and tells you something i don't know like because of course i know it's like guys aren't supposed to enjoy gossiping but i love it too yeah, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> but i like it with people that like i don't know i like to gossip but i don't like to be mean and that's what i don't like is when like you get the like the legit this guy said this, you know, what do you, what do you want to do about it? It's like, come on, man. Like we're, cause that's what you said about that band that may or may not have been directing something at you. Like I look at it as like, we're both going towards the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you just be on my side? You know how hard this is. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, of course. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I, I don't like being mean to anyone. I would never like, I, I try and practice kindness in, in all aspects of everything, but I just like like hearing what people are up to. And I love when it like gets through the train of, of everyone else, you know? And, um, and, uh, and you're completely right. Uh, it's just, it's just weird when you get on like, I don't know. That was so funny. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, well, it all goes back to like, especially now, like, cause I had, I had the, uh, the civilians run in with uh, being almost canceled uh, because <laughs> somebody was somebody was saying something about making a joke about a comedian at an open mic making a joke that a trans person was the butt of the joke. And oh, the upper level comedian was like, this is unacceptable. You I will never allow someone like this to be at my open mics ever again. Da da da. And I foolishly said something along the lines of like, you know, you got to figure out your funny somehow, or like you can, you should be able to joke about what you want at an open mic. Like oh, not, I see what you're saying. not saying like, you know, just get on the internet and be like the most hateful things I've ever said. Uh, right. <laughs> Cause my thought is you have to find out what's not funny before you can find out what is funny. So if you go up there and make jokes about trans people and no one laughs, well, you might not make those jokes anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a learning experience, right? Well, guess what? This dialogue yeah. happened way cooler than the one that happened on Twitter because I got <laughs> lit on fire by people that are like, by the way, making the same kind of assumptions that they supposedly this open micer might or might not have been making, telling me how I'm homophobic and transphobic and a bad person. And after I tried to apologize, like, you're just you're gaslighting us now and you need to go away and be. And it's like, OK, man. And it gets to that point to where, like, I had I don't know, like. 20 or 30 notifications that I was like, well, I'm just going to clear those and never look at them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, 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 it's a runaround and it's a mess and it, everything gets lost in communication. Like immediately, like the communication just disappears and like, it's just never translated and it's all out of context right away. Um, and that's just, you know, like watching people like get 
canceled quote unquote or whatever from an outside perspective that's how i think it is and also like recently people have been canceled for stuff that i think is legitimately pretty bad and then just like are fine just like keep doing it so so i don't i don't even know dude that whole in 2017 when everyone started getting canceled i i, I thought that was like kind of an interesting thing to look at and i thought the first james charles one was super funny i thought that was hilarious when james <laughs> charles got canceled but um, but that's kind of my point is I never thought that one was that bad, like or whatever his situation was uh, or whatever. And he just like kept making videos and everything's fine. And, you know, unless you're like unless you're really doing like some like truly uh, like really immoral stuff. And there's only, you know, a handful of those out there. I think that the internet just runs with stuff like that. So yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's why like I. I used to be more active on Twitter and I just kind of have pulled way back on it. But that's what I like about it. Well, it, Twitter and Instagram and now TikTok, like it's guys like you that expose me for what I am, which is not knowing how to do it at all. Because <laughs> like, so what I noticed about you is that like, so I, I watched you on like a YouTube video or something i think it was like a makeup tutorial or something you did with your girlfriend and yeah. uh <laughs> and i noticed that the person that you are like when you're doing your tiktoks and the person that you are on your youtube like it, it's not two different people it's just uh your same personality just dialed up to 10 you know what i mean and it is that is why because that's why i can go flip through your tiktok and all of them are good because it's not it's not, hey guys, I was just here doing the, you know, next hashtag challenge. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm doing yeah. the next, what was it? What was the last challenge? The kick bottle, the kick cap. What was it? Bottle kick. That was kick. cool. When everyone was <laughs> flipping around doing kicks and they're kicking the caps off bottles, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, by the way, I feel like that was also the last one. Like what has come by, what has shown up after that? Um, well, I mean the WAP. Did it though? It like, by the way, the, the meme of that was the, uh, <laughs> the meme of that was the moms on Facebook groups that were like, this better mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, they really fueled the fire. Like, hate, like how much they hated that really skyrocketed it to number one. <laughs> We've had the internet for so long. You would think we would all know this by now. The more attention you get, you will never believe what this yeah, means. That's, no, that, that's, <laughs> That song and that dance went crazy, dude. That's yeah. That I I would say that was a trend for sure. I'm trying to think of a. There's probably a more recent one that I'm I'm not even thinking of right now. Uh, um, there's there's one going around about gender norms right now that I think is really funny. I'm actually like making one like right after we get off this, so I'll, I'll post it and you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> what okay? So what is? Do you have any opinions on any of that? Because by the way, I know like okay. Like I told you, I, you know, defended someone joking about a trans person or whatever. Like I, I have no, uh, skin in the game either way. I'm just like a straight guy that is just like, I don't know, man, I'm trying to do my best not to make anybody mad. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just a straight white guy too, but you know, I've always been pretty feminine, uh, and I've gotten called most of the gay slurs that are out there just for, just for my, my jeans and my hair or whatever. 
It um, wasn't your jeans and, and your I, hair. They did it to yeah, all of us. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, right. Um, so, I, I, so, so I don't know. It's all. It's always been weird. And I, there's lots of people that think I'm bi. And my girlfriend thought I was bi. Like right and like like a month into us dating for like a long time, she thought I was still bi. Um, so I, you know, it's it's whatever. Gender norms are silly, and just do whatever you want. I think people arguing about gender norms are silly, and I think there's lots of ways you can be manly and lots of ways you can be feminine, and I, it's it's all dope. Do you think? It like, seems like we have so much more to be interested in, not interested in, but uh, paying attention to than the gender norms. Because by the way, I don't know what the gender norms are. Because if the gender norms are what they were, quote unquote, tra- traditionally, then I shouldn't have laundry in the dryer that I have to fold after this. Yeah, right. I, yeah, word. That's a, that's, a, that's a great point. It's just you know whatever. There's a, the 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 line disappears and reappears in new places all the time. This is whatever. And I agree with you. A hundred percent. There are like, there are more interesting things. To, the, the Mandalorian's on right now. It's really good. You should go watch that instead. <laughs> we are on the last episode. We have one more episode to go. Do Bro. not listen. Yeah. Bro. Believe me. A lot of it has already been spoiled for me, but oh, yes, no, yeah, of course. By the I'm way, so sorry. I'll say it everywhere. It got spoiled in a headline in a headline. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch you have to watch like the hour it drops. There's no there's no <laughs> That was the thing. It was the same day. It was the same day that that episode dropped that I saw that no, I know. You have to watch like the like I'm waiting by the TV. Like I I am not I'm watching it in real time. Like there's no chance of me getting on Twitter and seeing it. I have to I we were going to not watch it. We were going to wait till Friday night cuz my girlfriend was tired and wanted to go to bed. And I, I was, I was like, Michaela, I have to, I'm so sorry. I, I watched it without her. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not, I we're, I'm watching it now. And were you like, like right. jumping on the couch, screaming in the other room? Like, oh she God. just like, she, she just like asked, she just like asked me if we could wait till Friday. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. It can't happen. I have to go on the internet and the internet's going to ruin it for me. Like the internet right. does. Yes, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> She, she was like, she was like, you could just go a day without your phone. And I was like, well, now no. we're both being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you got to tell me, what did you think of the, uh, the sequel trilogy? Oh, I thought it got worse as it went. Uh, okay. I, it's not like, I, I, I totally like it. I think they all, I think they all have the star Wars magic. You know, I think that seven, eight, and nine all do it, like have that magic feeling that only Star Wars and the Marvel Cinematic Universe can truly bring. Um, but I think that seven is a pretty good, fun celebration of Star Wars. Yes. I think that eight has some of the best moments in all of Star Wars, yes. but the moments that are bad are so bad that it kind of <laughs> that it kind of devalues how good those incredibly insane moments are. And I think nine is just straight up dumb. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like the way I've described it and I will stand by this description forever. Those movies, if you just showed me any one of those movies and didn't tell me where in this, the trilogy it went, I would want to see the movies, the subsequent movies. Like if you just showed me the last Jedi and you were like, there is two more movies that are based solely on this movie. I would be like amazing. Cause it was basically three movies from three different trilogies that all came together that just all from the wrong dimensions. Like we just got the wrong canister. <laughs> that, that That's, that's a great way to put it. And I completely agree. And I truly like in the entire trilogy, I think Kylo Ren is the only character that is really done justice. And that, that, that makes me sad specifically for Finn. 
because I loved Finn as a character in The Force Awakens like so much, and he really. Yeah, they just made that, everyone try. They were like, you, "Everyone is nothing. No one means anything." There's a dagger now, and uh, whatever. Everything is just uh, ev- everything. Again, I I still I I I still think they all have the magic. I've still watched them all multiple times. Um, at like you know, I I still love them all, and there's definitely moments in nine that I like. I I really do like fully love, but it's just I think that they I think that they get just a little bit worse. And I don't think that any of them are. I think Force Awakens is maybe better than two of the three prequels, but I think Revenge of the Sith and the OG trilogy are still like so much better than everything else. It's weird yeah. because the the crazy thing to me about Star Wars is that its spinoffs are usually so wildly better than what comes at it because like the prequel trilogy was I, I went back and watched it when Disney Plus came out and it's not good in the sense that like the acting isn't great it, it, you know less uh I almost said Owen Wilson you and McGregor but like yeah. it, it's it's good it's got the good bones to it you know what I mean and then uh you get the clone wars you get rebels all that stuff off of it uh you get good things off of it but I just don't know I think the Mandalorian is the perfect example of like who is going to how are they going to spin what was happening in the sequel trilogy because the Mandalorian takes place in between the two the original right. and the sequel and it's like I almost feel like we could use that show as a way to just diverge into the correct dimension where none of that happened <laughs> I, I no I've I've been telling everyone that Mandalorian season 12 or season 12 episode 12 through 16 as like truly some of the best Star Wars ever to to happen. Chapters twelve through sixteen. I should. It say. makes me want to cry when I watched yeah. chapter one. Just watching chapter one after seeing, uh, or no, it wasn't after seeing the Last Jedi, but just watching chapter one, uh, the Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, is what I meant. Yeah, I was like, I was emotional within the first five minutes because I was like, this. What I the first thought I had is this sounds like Star Wars. It sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. No, that's it's Mando is so, 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 so crazy good. And I've met two people now, like two people I'm pretty good friends with. that have seen every episode of Mandalorian and not a single Star Wars. I and you think, know what? They're better. They're the better for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't I don't think they're better for it because they're like they're there's so much more happiness in Mando when you're like connected to it. But I think it's crazy that Disney Plus specifically is successfully making like droves of new Star Wars fans that don't that haven't seen the movies. It's like it's crazy. Well, you can now watch. You could watch. I would almost love to talk to that guy and have and go through with him. Like have him watch the original trilogy and then start to watch like the you know the specific episodes of the Clone Wars and stuff like that. And because by the way, it'll be the reverse of what happened in the Mandalorian. Because what the Mandalorian did, in my opinion, better than like solo and uh, rogue one and all that is where it like uh instead of looking at the camera and being like star wars stuff am i right uh it reminded you in a way that you had to be like oh wait it is that you know what i mean yeah and it'll be going back and watching the original trilogy never having seen it being like wait boba fett what <laughs> yeah no, yeah yeah absolutely i think i think you're absolutely right no that's interesting 
Yeah, I would be very f- keep keep in touch with that guy. Tell him to watch the original trilogy and see what. Yeah, happens. my friend, uh, my my friend Madison over in the OC. We just had her over for New Year's Eve last night, and my friend uh, Sean in the band in the band Happy. Everyone go listen to a band called Happy. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how many people are in this live? People are tweet. People are like texting me about it. Are people still here? Oh wow! It says there is nine people. Hold on, let me check the comment area. We've never done the comments before. Let's see. Wow. If, if, if <laughs> okay uh why would you why would you put some silly thing in your nose thank you that's my that's my that's my father uh Well, we don't need any more comments. That is amazing. Thank I, you. Yeah, I, I, I know for <laughs> I know for a fact that's my dad. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> oh, that's not, yeah. He does not like my nose ring. I should have mentioned that. I suppose that's so funny. Are you tattoo guy as well? No, I'm afraid of needles. For real. I don't know if but, you know this. No, you I have always, a nose ring. I, I know. I well, so the, need, so the the nose ring is one is one needle. It was quick, and it was a what are the odds, which I fully stand by. Um, but uh, yeah, I I always tell people I don't have tattoos because the only thing scarier than needles is commitment. <laughs> to the guy so, in a band. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's what I was telling. Dude, one of my this is this is crazy. One of my one of my best friends, uh uh one, one of my friends, uh sh- she's a girl and she says when any of when any of her girlfriends ask who I am, she show there's this photo of me that that my girlfriend Michaela did where like I've got these fake tattoos all over like my arm. I've got like a full tattoo sleeve. And this girl, she told me that whenever someone asks who I am, she shows them that picture because it shows my potential. Hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm not going to get tattoos. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I have also, all of my tattoo ideas are super silly. Like, I would just look ridiculous. Like, I would just. What's your number one silly one that you think would be I ridiculous? Want, I want Spider-Man fighting Venom across my chest leading into my arm. And that's, I shouldn't get that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, you can get, like, that's the thing. You can get Spider-Man on your arm here. And then when you have him here, he's got the little web attached to the top of your armpit there. And then you can have him swing away. That's, oh, that's pretty good. That's actually not <laughs> bad at all. No, that's like Spider-Man's like torso would be like on my shoulder and his head would like come into like my like collarbone kind of. Mm-hmm. And then it would be predominantly Venom like swallowing him on my chest. It's a, it's a, uh. A Ben, uh, a Ben Bagley piece from the Ultimate series, uh, and I, I, I don't remember the artist's name, which is so not fair because he like drew it all. But uh, Ben Bagley's Ultimate Spider-Man is like it's the creme de la creme. It's so good. Is Spider-Man your main jam comic? Spider-Man is my main jam. Everything like of everything that we've talked about, like Spider-Man is at the number one of of all of it. Of every nerd thing we've mentioned, Spider-Man is. Boom, right so, there. And my and my and my my dad would agree. If I'm not mistaken, my dad got me a Spider-Man action figure for my the day of my birth. My birthday. I was that's so amazing. I I still I it, it, it got lost in a storage unit, which is a bummer. But yeah, I still yeah, Spider-Man's the number one. He's on my he's on my lanyard, he's on my he's on like my shelf, he's everywhere. <laughs> so what kind of a garbage person am I that I somehow have not seen into the Spider-Verse yet? That's that's like the second best one too. You need to see that. It's so good. Wait, what's it's, the first best one? 
I think Spider-Man 2 is the first best one. Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2? Yeah, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2, yeah. I Let think me tell it's... you, that Doc Ock chase where they are, dude, there is not much better than that. Yeah, there really <laughs> isn't. There truly, to God, is not. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. That, like, there's, there's two moments in that movie that I think define a lot of cinema, and that's the number one, for sure. Yeah, that was an amazing, like, that, for what? Why the guy's name escapes me? Evil Dead director. What was his name? Sam. Oh Raimi. yeah, uh, Sam Raimi. Yes. Yeah, like oh, to because I saw I saw this. I think I maybe had gotten up to Spider Man three before people were like, but Sam Raimi, he always has this uh, this Butler Bruce Campbell guy in his movies, and that's when I went yeah. back and watched Evil Dead, and it is so crazy to see like the no they're they're like best friends. They're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, crazy to yeah. see like have you watched Evil Dead? You must have. I've seen, yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen the OGs. I've got them, I've got them on DVD upstairs. I think I'm not like, I'm not like an obsessive. I can't give you facts or anything, but I've, I've seen them for sure. No, it's to me, it's crazy. Like I liked watching that movie the same way I liked watching like Reservoir Dogs to, uh, you know, like the Hateful Eight because it's this, it's this weird thing of like these guys did this with shoestrings and they made some of like the most cult classic movies that will ever exist, and now they get to also make Spider Man. Arguably, some of the best Spider Men ever to exist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what do you? Think I agree completely. What do you think they're doing with Tobey Maguire and the new Spider Man? I, I mean, have I have thoughts. <laughs> I at this point at this point there's been so much. I I'm not even like getting my hopes up. And also, like if they really do all this, first of all, it's it's two movies. Not like not only not only I don't just think that like Sony Disney bought two new Spider-Man movies from Sony. That's public. Everyone knows that. And if everything they've said they're doing is actually happening, which I totally believe like the rumor mill could have just run crazy with it. And maybe not all of it's true, but if all that's happening, there is not a chance in hell. It's not being split up over two movies because if they did it all in one, it will, if they did it all in one and it was good, it would be even more impressive than Endgame. Which I do think is the most impressive piece of cinema to have ever been made. Well, so, they had like what ten years of of uh, you know lore to be able to build up to it. Like there right. are people that are not ready for the interdimensional Spider Man. <laughs> right. That's, that's my point exactly. You, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Exactly is that Endgame needed literally a decade and some change of build up to even close to sell that and i still can't believe that they did it successfully <laughs> um and spider-man we're talking about a tom holland who's only had two movies relative to the entire marvel cinematic universe right and the and a whole generation of kids that have never seen toby Maguire, and a whole generation of kids like me that like andrew garfield but didn't like his movies so you gotta so you have to like you have to remind those people that Tobey Maguire is an am amazing Spider-Man. You have to convince everyone that Andrew Garfield is still a killer Spider-Man, despite his movies not holding up to the to the rest of the status. You have to count on everyone being familiar enough with the multiverse from your animated movie that that it doesn't that it doesn't explode their brains. Yeah, and then you have to put all three of those dudes in the same room with all of their love interests in a way that is natural. And I'm stoked about it. it's if it if they do it into <laughs> anything I've ever seen, and if they do it in one, I just whatever. There's just no way. There, there's no way. 
there's a better chance of Logan Paul knocking out Floyd Mayweather. Hilarious. <laughs> By the way, I, I think we should all take the bet of eating one shoe if he wins that fight. Like, just we'll boil one shoe and eat it. Because there's no way. Like, good for Logan Paul, by the way. I love that dude for doing what he's doing. He's going to die. We're going to see an assassination <laughs> on television. But get your money, my dude. I'm, put, I'm, put, I'm putting 50 bucks on him knocking him out. On Logan knocking Mayweather out. You can just send me. We got a P.O. box. You can just send me that 50 <laughs> bucks. It's going to be I, money well I, spent. <laughs> I mean, I basically, you're right. I'm basically throwing the money away. But the fact is, it's there's like some there's something like a 2% chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. So your money goes crazy if it does. <laughs> like a small amount of money goes nuts if he does it. And also, it will be the funniest moment in at least recent sports history, if not all of sports history. It'll be if the funniest. Mayweather ruins his career. It'll be by the letting funniest. Ball knock him out. Or the saddest. It will be or, one where we all go, oh, oh no. Oh yeah, no, he's it, not getting up. <laughs> his head came off of his shoulders. He's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, but by the way, my Toby Maguire prediction is that he is going to be old man Pete and he will be, he will have retired as being Spider Man and he will have given way to the Miles Morales Spider Man. But they will have to come to him. I, I this is how I hope it happens. He will be like the uh, the thing that uh, Tom Holland has to go and find and has to whatever that movie's going to be about. It's going to be about him and Tom Holland. But he's not I, going to be a Spider Man. He will be kind of aiding him along the way. Right. I think that's a totally decent idea. I hope it doesn't happen. What I do hope, you want to happen? Well, so here's the thing: the role that you're describing is perfect for Doctor Strange, who we know is in the movie. Like, if there's anyone that should be an, a, a new mentor to Tom Holland, who has already proved himself as a formidable Spider-Man because he beat Mysterio and came back to Aunt May and was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I like Kevin Feige and the Mar- the MCU are smart enough to know that they want us to know that Tom Hall- that this Peter Parker is already good at being Spider-Man. He's been in the Avengers. He's been in the biggest fight in the universe. He took out Mysterio in a weekend. It, he made one big mistake, but I mean, he brushed himself off. And you know, like it took it took Tobey Maguire's trilogy three movies, and he didn't really do that, which is fine. That was his character arc, right? the The role that you're describing, the mentor role, like a role where where Peter brings up Miles Morales, that would be totally fine. But I think that that's best served by um, Mysterio. I think that Miles Morales is already in Tom Holland's universe. So it would be silly not to use the one that is already in his universe and has already been aged up by the snap. Um, That's true. Additionally, Tobey Maguire looks way too good to not put him in the suit. I don't know if you've seen Tobey Maguire in the last couple years, but he doesn't look, he he didn't let himself go. He's like... He's like more fit than he's ever been. His beard looks great. Like, oh my God, he better be in the suit. Like he's like, he just looks too good to be like the old Spider-Man that's not doing it anymore. Like legitimately, it, it, Tobey Maguire is too, still too handsome and too fit to be like, like a not Spider-Man right now. Like there's. What about the Spider-Man that is ready to give it up? Maybe not to a Miles, but maybe just ready to give it up, period. And it's and, like, yeah, and, and 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 that would totally be fine because I love that role. Peter B. Parker in in into the Spider-Verse, which you haven't seen, is amazing. Like he could totally do that. But like I the the, the Peter Parker that Toby Maguire plays is like so 
like like sensitive to a degree, I think it would be a little bit weird to see him kind of like like down on his luck, I guess. Or like or like it'd be weird to see him tired because because Toby Maguire's Peter Parker, I think is the most caring of the three. Well, like I'm- he like really is entrenched in like Aunt May and Mary Jane more than more than the other two are. I imagine him tired in the way that like an old Batman would be tired. You know what I mean? Like, like technically tired. Like everyone is like, hey, you're tired. But he's like, no, I'm not. And they're like, bro, you're a thousand years old. I know. I just it's a weird critique. I just think he looks too good to sell that. Like, I just think if I if 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 I look at him and he's in hair and makeup and he says that, I don't think I'll believe him. Like, like, like I kind of buy, I kind of buy it in Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, they, they, they put the bags under his eyes. They, you know, he got, he got it. He got beat up a lot of times in those Zack Snyder movies, but in Tobey Maguire right now, I don't think so. I don't know. I will tell you this. I like, I really like Tom Holland a lot, uh, but Tobey Maguire for me, and I'm not saying anything for a lot of people is Spider-Man. Like he is the big screen Spider-Man forever. Uh, And I... Yeah, I it's funny because I now I'm realizing like oh, I'm not dreaming big enough for him. Like he needs he needs all the glory again. Cause because really that third movie did him no favors. Him or uh whatchamacall, the that seventy show kid. What is his name? Oh, to uh Toby Maguire. Uh, no. <laughs> Topher Grace. There you go. Topher Grace, it's so close. It's really close. Yeah, Topher yeah, I know. I, I don't even I don't even mind that movie. I think I saw that movie under really my first movie going experience for Spider-Man three was really, really positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and for some reason, I've carried that with me. Like, I know the movie's like not great. But the when I saw it the first time, it was so dope that I just never lost that like that 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 magic about just that first night I saw it. I have that um, for the 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 sequel Matrix movies. Like, I don't care how bad you tell me they are. I I know I get it. I love him yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, word. yeah, absolutely. No, I think um, I think that Tom Holland is probably the most comic book faithful. Yeah, but I think that I think that Toby and Andrew and Tom all have something unique about their take on Peter Parker in it that is good. And uh, and and I wish that Andrew Garfield had been given um, just a a better script, <laughs> like because he really did kill it as Spider Man. It's just like everything else around him that I wasn't excited about with his two movies, which is, you know, it's a bummer. And now I really hope it like I realized so many I I hate to admit that I'm just a casual Twitter fan that's like it should be old man Pete. Like hearing you talk about it now I'm stoked. I'm like, okay, there should be a two movie arc. I don't know how yeah. it's going to end, but I like I now want to see your movie more than I want to see my dumb movie. <laughs> there if it must be two movies. I really think <laughs> like I know for a fact that they own two more Spider-Man movies. If they actually are doing all this, which again, I still don't even believe. <laughs> It has to be, it has to be six hours. It's just not, there's too much stuff. They can't, they can't safely introduce the Sinister Six and six main characters in two and a half hours. It just won't work. And aren't, aren't they potentially putting, uh, what's his face? Uh, Charlie Cox in there as Daredevil. Hasn't, have you heard that uh, rumor yeah, as well? Yes, that, that, that was also a big rumor. I think that's the one role that he might just be like a lawyer off to the side. <laughs> Where they're like, hey, I think Netflix. <laughs> yeah, word. I think that that's like the one the one thing that might be a tiny little cameo. But, you know, it, look, 
every time, every time I doubt him, they give Captain America Thor's hammer. So, like, <laughs> so maybe he's just flipping Daredevil. Maybe he just swings into the fight, and I'm like, you know what? It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. So, <laughs> use your little nightsticks and hit him up. Like, yeah, their cat Marvel casting has never gone wrong ever. Like, even on their TV, even though I'm not, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of like the entirety of Agents of Shield. Like, they have always done really good at anyone they've cast doing anything. They really have. <laughs> they re- that you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're getting fidgety. If you're ready, we can be out of here. <laughs> uh, I no, I'm d- uh, dude, I'm down for whatever. It's it's been so much fun talking to you. We've like nerded <laughs> out about about like everything that I think about all day long. So I appreciate you so much, and you 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 run two really really great podcasts, and and I uh, I think. I I, th- I think you guys are gonna kill it if you keep it up. So I'm I'm really stoked for you, and I really appreciate you having me on. And I know my mom is like so happy right now. So, dude, she's been amazing to us. And uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't no thing. I don't know. I always try and say something funny, and it never it's never funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, of it course, no. That was, that was perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to say it too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So what what the heck was I gonna ask you last? I don't remember, but I will say this. What when does your when does the new album come out? Uh eight days. We're dropping the best album of the year in eight days. There's well, no don't even listen to more albums in 2021. This <laughs> is just, just the best one. First week of the year. You're welcome. We didn't waste any time. <laughs> that is for uh, yeah. The, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. January 8th, honeymoon by Not My Weekend, Apple Music, Spotify. Please stream it and leave it on repeat all night. It's it's I've already showed my uh my street team. They all love it, and they really, really hate one song. So I'm really excited <laughs> for everyone to hear about it. <laughs> what What day is the eighth? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, because I'm, I'm gonna drop this on that day, so people can just immediately go oh, to no. it and find. It'll well, be the audio version anyway. Sure, it'll be so uh, Friday. So it's a week from today. Okay, so, but it's it's Thursday at midnight, right? So it's Thursday at like nine o'clock. Uh, my time midnight your time so okay yeah i these usually drop on friday at midnight anyway so there you go (laughs) perfect perfect yeah that's uh um that's the one i'm i'm really stoked to actually have the record out you know it was done in 2019 and it was supposed to come out over the summer and and covid so (laughs) i and and you know we've got a, a bunch of new songs already done that aren't even on this that like will hopefully also come out this year so i'm very excited to actually be putting out some new new music and I'm very excited about uh about living here and all the other projects that I've got going and hopefully if the vaccine works if the vaccine works <laughs> I think we're on track to be able to book for the summer to be able to book a tour that we can safely go on and see everyone that's listening to our stuff in the summer um again that is that that's literally if the vaccine works over the next couple of months so everyone cross your fingers and and uh, hope for a good 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, whichever comes first, your secret project or your uh, going on tour, you got to come back on. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I would love to. You're going to have to watch b- b- before the secret one. You're going to have to watch so much more anime. Uh, but <laughs> but yes, either, either way, I'm down. I'll, I'll message you my number on Twitter right now, too, because I, I don't have notifications on for that. So you can actually like text. Me. <laughs> OK, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Um I don't remember how I end this. It's been so long. Uh, That's it. You've been listening to Dragging the Table. My name is DJ. Keep dragging.